This is episode 686 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, an interview with Rick Gutzler of Aragon Web. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you know you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Prepper Website Podcast. I've got a great episode with uh, Rick Utzler of Airgun Web. You're going to love it. But before we get into that interview, I want to just give a quick shout out to Jex7373 for leaving a five-star review and also a tip. And he says, great bonus episode. And he's referring to the Staying Cool bonus episode uh, that was released. He says, another way to stay cool. I grew up in South Louisiana and played outside a lot. My mom would put mint oil or spearmint oil on the back of my neck. As I moved, the oil would arrest and cool me down. Even the slightest breeze would activate it. So give it a try. A dab will do you. And so, Jex, thanks so much for that tip. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we first started into essential oils. Uh, not necessarily to stay cool, but because of the cooling effect. So my wife has migraines, and one of the things that we were trying to do is to alleviate it. I mean, she was taking medicine, and there was nothing that would touch it. So I remember reading that uh, peppermint oil would cause this cooling effect, and a lot of people who had migraines would use it. So I, I bought some peppermint oil and put it on, and she did say that it, it helped. Now, it didn't, of course, it didn't take away the migraine, but it helped to deaden the effect. And so with migraines or even with staying cool outside, I mean, a little bit of essential oil will do a great job. And so that's a great point. I never really thought about that one, but that's a good way to stay cool, even with a little bit of a breeze, even if you're fanning yourself. So thanks so much for that uh, tip right there. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and jump into that interview with Rick Gutzler of Airgun Web. Uh, here's the thing. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I would have been wanting to talk about air guns. So my only experience with air guns is when I was, uh, you know, it, when I was a kid and we would go, we'd go up to the country and I had one of those daisy pumps, you know, it's like you only pump it up 10, you know, 10 times and, um, you would, it would do a BB or it would do a pellet. And then that's all that we, you know, th that's all my knowledge of it. But man, there are this, this, there's a whole world of air guns out there and you can, as Rick is going to share with us, use them as part of your plan for preparedness. So a lot of preppers don't realize the, that air guns are a real option for survival. And Rick does a great job of sharing his expertise in this episode. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this to this interview with Rick Utzler of Airgun Web. I know that you're going to love it. Hey, Rick, welcome to the Prepper Website Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Hey, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in air guns. Well, I shot a lot of firearms 
I did a lot of reloading, lived sort of in town, was about 15, 20 minutes from a range. And so it was very convenient. My buddy had a Dillon 650. We'd go and just crank them out and then go and shoot, have fun. I moved out into the country and thought this is going to be awesome because I'm going to be able to shoot anytime I want. I just walk in my backyard. This is going to be awesome. And I lived just inside town limits and there were no firearms allowed in town. I mean, the next one over anyway. So I was kind of frustrated. Now it was an hour and a half to town and it was just not as convenient. And I picked up my first break barrel air gun. Um, and I had never known such a thing had ever existed. I'd always been uh, shot the little, you know, the Benjamin Sheridan, you know, you pump it up 10 or 20 times if you think that's going to be industrious enough to, to actually work. And you'd shoot it and that was fun. But these were like one single thing, put a pellet in it and bang, you're getting thousand feet per second. So I kind of got jazzed on air guns from that perspective because I could shoot. I'd walk out my back porch and start shooting. If you go and look at my early YouTube channel, you'll uh, my early YouTube videos, you'll see uh, South Carolina, and you'll see me in my backyard, in my shorts, barefoot sometimes, and <laughs> my daughter's little jungle gym over on the, th it was kind of crazy uh, to go from that to where I am now, but I just started, I love to shoot, and air guns gave me the ability to keep that trigger time up uh, without having to go crazy to the range. And then I found I actually like shooting air guns better than my firearms. So that's how I got started. Well, you know, one of the things that I, the reasons I wanted to have you on was to talk a little bit about air guns for survival. And sure. you know, my, my experience is kind of like what you're talking about here is, uh, you know, I had the, the Crossman, you know, pump BB gun slash pellet gun. And we pumped that sucker up as many times as we could pump it. And, and that's all, you know, um, when you start looking into air guns and you start looking into what's out there, it's amazing. Uh, all the, the different th things that are out there, it's kind of, it's almost overwhelming, right? When you start looking at all the, the gadgets and all the extra things, and it's really another world to itself. And so uh, for those that are not familiar with air guns, um, can you go into some detail about what an air gun is and how it might differ from a, a pellet gun or a BB gun, uh, something that, you know, all of us are familiar with maybe growing up? Okay, so this is kind of a common question people get. Um, an air gun is anything that shoots something with air, okay? So all of the things you're talking about are air guns, whether it's airsoft, BB gun, pellet gun. Uh, they add arrow guns now with CO2 and PC, and well, we've got to PCPs, what that is. But air, if it's using compressed air in some fashion, whether it's uh, a spring that makes it when you pull the trigger or you're pre-charging it or your CO2, all of those are air guns, okay? So each one of those is going to have a different like awesomeness and not so awesomeness that goes with it. <laughs> so like the Benjamin Sheridan, like I talked about in the beginning, it's like well, you're only supposed to do eight pumps, but but you know, you six, seven, and eight, you're getting a workout. I mean, I don't know, you don't need to go to the gym if you're shooting that gun. Um, and then it's really easy to shoot, great accuracy, but doesn't get a lot of power, right? Now, CO2, you've seen the CO2 BB pistols and pellet pistols. Those are great. There's no work. You put the cartridge in, bang, bang, bang. A lot of them are semi-automatic or some of them are even full auto. But 
there's no power, very little power. And then CO2, if it gets cold, it's kind of worthless. Then you go to like these spring guns, which make a ton of power with just one cock. You put one pellet in, boom. Some now have uh, a magazine that when you, every time you cock it, it puts a pellet in, which is cool. Um, make a lot of power, but they're difficult to shoot because they have a funny recoil. And then you have like the top shelf, which is what's called pre-charged, which is imagine if you took your little pump up, you know, your Crossman pump, and instead of 10 pumps, you put 300 in it. Okay. And you get to shoot 40 shots <laughs> instead of having to pump up in between each one. So a pre-charge actually has a cylinder that you pre-charge with air, and then you can shoot a bunch of times. Now, each one of these can be from a little BB gun that shoots like 300 feet per second, all the way up to a 50 caliber that's shooting 900 feet per second. So we're talking air guns like you're saying, they are not sort of this little teeny little place where we used to run around our backyard with our Daisy Red Rider kind of thing. They go way beyond that. Everything from the Daisy Red Rider up to they're taking elk. Um, I have a buddy of mine that built a custom gun. Actually, the guy's based here out of Texas. Um, he built a gun that took a Cape Buffalo, um, all air guns. So from a survival perspective, um, air guns bring a lot to the table. Wow. So I, I don't think there's a lot of people out there. Well, maybe they are, there are, maybe I'm just in the dark of how powerful some of these air guns can be. Um, if you're not really following this world um, and all that's in there, I mean, the only thing that you're coming, you know, you're referencing is that Daisy, that Red Rider, that right. Crossman, you know, from when you were, a, from when you were a kid, kid. So can you give us some insight into this world uh, you know, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this and they're having issues with, uh, you know, getting firearms right now. Maybe they're having issues with, with ammo and they might be looking at this as, a, as an alternative. Can you give us a little bit of insight into the air gun world? And, uh, I mean, you know, what are we, what are we talking about? Is it just a hobbyist? Uh, is it a, an expensive pastime? Is this for old people who can't, uh, you know, handle a rifle anymore? What, what is this? It's all of the above. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, okay. So since we've had the shortage and we saw this for eight, 12 years ago, we saw a eight year period of time where air guns became very, very popular. And you guys can do the math of what all was going on there. Um <laughs> So when firearms become very difficult to get, and really what it is, is, is the ammo is impossible to find now. I mean, you could, I have plenty of firearms and I have my own little supply of ammo, but I'm not going to go shoot that because I can't replace it, right? Um, but I want to still shoot. What if you're in a situation where you need to put food on the table and you just don't have any ammo at all, right? So if you take your typical Colt 45, your standard 45 ACP round, you're going to do about 380, 390 foot-pounds, plus or minus, okay? I mean, I'm just roughing it here. Um, a decent big bore air gun that's a 45 or 50 will do 600 foot-pounds. So just think of that math for a little bit. Now, there are some that will do up to 800 foot-pounds. Now, these aren't custom-built these are like off the shelf. I go click, buy it, shows up at my house. Okay, these aren't specialty things. These are, they're just on the shelf. There's that gun, click it, 
it shows up. This is a 50 caliber air gun that you can buy cast bullets. You don't need powder. You don't need primer. You don't need casings. You just buy the slug and you put it in the hole, close the breech, pull the trigger. And there you go. You've made eight, you know, depends on the bullet, but you make up to 800 foot pounds. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of energy. I mean, you could kill hog, uh, deer, um, whatever. I mean, you, you could put food on the table very easily with something like that. You don't need something like that. People have been doing this. Well, I mean, you go back and maybe some of your listeners will know this, but air guns are not new. PCP air guns at hunting that you hunt with are not new. You go back to Lewis and Clark. It's the big thing in the air gun world. It used to be some big secret, some, but it's everybody kind of, did you know Lewis and Clark carried an air gun? Yes, they did. Um, they carried a big bore multi-shot um, air gun that they filled up at night with the, to keep the tank full. And then you could shoot multiple shots. They carried that, you know, several hundred years ago. That's, that's not a new thing. Um, what is new now is, gosh, the manufacturing's gotten so much better. The consistency's gotten so much better. The cost has gotten so much more reasonable. So all of these things are sort of lining up where air guns are this really cool alternative. They're not just pew pew in the backyard. They're like legitimate tools to go do stuff with. Um, and, you know, again, the price has gotten far more affordable. We start talking about ammo. What's, it was, it got crazy where 223 was two bucks a round. So are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, yes, my slug for my air gun may be 33 cents around, but I could shoot a bunch of that uh, pretty affordably if I want to just go shoot a big gun for a while. Um, anyway, so it's all of the above. There are people that maybe can't get a firearm. You know, we, there's a lot of that. They can't hunt. They can't get a firearm. They can't, they want to go do this stuff. Air guns give you that ability to have something you can go shoot with. Um, there are people that may, may have uh, health issues that the recoil really hurts. Okay. Can't handle the recoil of a 308 or a uh, 65 Creedmoor, all that stuff. Or the noise is so, they just they have issues where the, the noise of a gun causes, they love to shoot, but they can't handle the noise. Well, air guns really solve all of that because you, you well, I mean, you got to look at your jurisdiction because some places do consider an air gun a firearm, not at the federal level, but certain states do, like Illinois, for example. If you live in Illinois, if it shoots, and depending on how you read the law, but how you read the law, it doesn't matter. It's how they interpret their law is what matters. And what they said was if it's over 177 or shoots faster than 700 feet per second, it's a firearm. So you got to go through background check and everything just to buy an air gun. But that's a unique situation. Most places now, you can walk in if you're over 16 or 18 or whatever the store's rules are, you can buy that air gun, even if it's a 500 foot pound multi-shot big board, you can just go in and buy it. Um, so it does have that cool level of availability and accessibility that you, you don't always get probably with firearm. Um, and again, the noise issue, um, moderators, we call them lead dust collectors. That's what we call them, LDCs. We don't call them suppressors. We call them moderators or lead dust collectors in the air gun world. Um, they're not regulated for air guns. So a lot of air guns have 
suppression built in or can be added to through air gun specific uh, lead dust collectors. Um, and so you deal with the noise issue. And a lot of these guns, like the big ones that shoot the six and 800 foot pounds, they do have a bit of a kick. Okay. But it's a more of a push, not a, a shove, not like a sharp smack. It's a little bit of a push. Um, but the lighter stuff, the 25 and 30 cal stuff that's still doing a hundred plus foot pounds, no recoil. So you have no noise, affordable to shoot, no recoil, and very effective, whether small game, medium game, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's I mean, that's that's who's shooting them is people that want all those advantages without the mess and fuss of having to go get a firearm. That's that's a lot of really great advantages when you really start thinking about um, having firearms, especially for survival. And you know, yeah. my next question was going to be: Could someone rely on a BB gun, a pellet gun, an air gun for a survival situation to hunt small game? Uh, but I think you've already answered that. You know, small game, and you can also get some some big game as well. Yeah. Um, do you know someone? I mean, is there anybody that I'm sure you do? You know, someone who's uh, going out and hunting on a regular basis with their air gun? Oh, gosh, it's, yes. I mean, it, there's a, a good friend of mine, his name is Jim Chapman. He hunts almost exclusively with air guns. Um, if you look at my YouTube channel, you'll see Airgun Angie, which my YouTube channel is Airgun Web. But you take a look at Airgun Angie. I mean, she's got some great kills this year uh, shooting a 45 cal gamo gun. And she hit this buck and it turned him a backflip, hit him so hard. And this was... 50 yards with a 520 grain slug going out of a 45 cal pellet gun and dropped him like a bad habit, man. He went a little bit, but they went and retrieved him and she was some kind of excited. Um, but she hunts all the time. There are people that hunt a ton with air guns. One, think of air gun hunting like this. It's sort of like better than a bow, maybe not quite as good as like a modern black powder gun. Okay. So you're going to have more lethality and range than your crossbow with a whole lot less skill set needed or, a, you know, a bow. Because um, I can't shoot a bow to save my life. I'd do better throwing the whole thing at whatever than I would try to shoot it. Um, but the air gun gives you great lethality out to 50 to 75 yards. Um, it doesn't have the power like a 50 cal black powder would. Um but it's, it does have, it has, if you're inside 50 yards, there's not a lot you can't do with it. Um, now what they've got coming out more recently, at least on the small bore stuff, you talk about small game hunting, most pellet guns shoot pellets. Okay. And the pellet has got this weird shape. It's got this round head. It goes into a skirt and then comes out. That creates a ton of drag. So by the time you're at a hundred yards, you're just, bleh, Okay. What's happened in the last year and a half or so, and they've been around a long time, but it's gone mainstream, is you have mainstream manufacturers making slugs for pellet guns. So we have people shooting a quarter mile with an air gun now. Wow. Man. So we have people shooting a quarter mile with energy, with accuracy, with a 25 or 30 cal slug. I was shooting, I have a video coming out Monday, and I was just shooting a very entry-level air gun, super affordable. Everything's in the box but the scope. It has the hand pump, the way to fill it, the gun, two magazines. And I shot with slugs. I found the slug shot the best. I shot a half-inch group at 50 yards, and we're looking at 31 foot-pounds, which, I mean, 
I wouldn't try to shoot a coyote with that. I think that's a little light for coyote, probably way light. But anything short of that, raccoon, possum, armadillo, obviously squirrel, rabbit, all the small game stuff is going to fit. And that gun's 350 bucks. Put a scope on it. You're, you're ready to go shoot. Um, and I shot a half-inch group at 50 yards. But, I mean, I mean, you probably shoot a good bit. I mean, what gun out of the box just shoots a half-inch group at 50 yards? I mean, people think they can until they go actually do it, right? And it's a whole it's a whole other ballgame to actually, oh, yeah, I can shoot one-inch group at 100. Okay. That's harder than it looks. I'm just saying. that is That is not an easy feat. Um, but boy, we're getting more and more air guns that can do it regularly. Scary. That, you know, this is, again, I think there's going to be a lot of people very interested in air guns. Cause again, coming from that perspective, like we talked about. So now that you've kind of wet everybody's appetite yeah. on, on, you know, hit what air guns can do and the possibilities, what are some things that people should look for when they're looking to purchase an air gun? Okay. So um, first of all, define your need, right? So, uh, Rick, I'm only ever going to shoot squirrel and rabbit. Well, you probably don't need to go spend twelve, fifteen hundred dollars on a big PCP setup. A solid break barrel. Uh, I would say stay away from Asian import stuff and look at German and European and British products um, if you want something that's got that longevity, right? So you're talking prepper survival. You don't want to be relying on something that's that you know you go to pick it up six months later and it doesn't work you don't want that you want something that's like an heirloom quality product um so there's i don't know maybe some of your listeners will know beeman used to be a huge name in air guns you go way back to the beeman catalog all of his guns were from germany they were y rock they you get an old beeman oh gosh you get a, a oh HW95, let's just say. That gun is probably 30 or 40 years old, and it'll shoot today like it shot 20 years ago. I mean, it is just, and it's putting probably 18 foot pounds or 16 foot pounds, which is more than enough for small game. So if you're looking at just small game rabbits, squirrel, quail, dove, that kind of thing, um, even turkey, people hunt turkey, shoot them in the head with it. I mean, they're that precise. You shoot dime, dimes with them, okay? So that something like that, beautiful. If you say, Rick, I got a, just a whole bunch of hogs I want to clear out, but I'm in an area where I don't want to use a high-powered rifle because I got neighbors and I got others. So it's the other place where air guns are super good because they don't have like a three-mile range. <laughs> they have a half-mile range. <laughs> um, so you could go with a, any sort of big bore that's pushing what I would say is uh, if you're shooting 200 pound hog, go for an air gun that, sh- that produces 400 foot pounds at the muzzle. So whatever the weight is, double it. Sort of my rule of thumb. You don't need that, but I don't know. Do you do, you do a lot of hunting? I, I don't know. I, just, okay. I, don't have to- I don't have time for hunting. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, we all want as hunters, we want that, you know, I go out, I took one shot and it fell over. Um, oh, come on. I mean, that does happen, but the re- there's a reason that deer hunters have deer dogs is to go find the deer after they shot them. Okay. And that's with a high powered rifle. So the reality is you want more gas in the tank than you technically need because stuff happens. You know, you clip a branch and you don't have a perfect shot or the 
game jumps the shot and it's not doesn't hit the vital solid. So you have all these things that happen. Give yourself a margin of error, right? So that one of the things that's frustrating as an air gun guy and as a hunter is to see people using products um, in, in an unethical or an unethical way. Uh, and back in the day when I first started, uh, Gamo had, had a gun called the Gamo Hunter Extreme, and it was touted as 1,650 feet per second. Well, there's, a, there's actually a, a scientific limit by physics of what you can do with an air gun. And that was over it. So it was kind of fantasy, but you know, they have a video of a guy shooting a, a pig and killing this pig with this one seven, seven air gun. And I don't know how many people went out and bought that gun and tried to do it and wound up just wounding game left, right and center, because can you do it? I'm sure if you tie the pig down and walk up to it and shoot it in the forehead, you probably can. But it's not something you're really going to want to. You want to pick the right tool for the job, right? If you've got a car that's all standard, you're not going to use metric tools on it and so forth. You want to find the right air gun that's going to get the job done. Small game's got its niche. Training, gosh, people want to do a bunch of pistol training. Uh, uh, if you like shooting uh, and you have a Glock or you have a Smith & Wesson or you got uh, – maybe you love revolvers, you got, you have, but you can't go shoot them now. It's too expensive. Well, you'll find there's probably a, uh, a replica of that gun that's a one-to-one -one weight, one-to-one -one feel. All the switches work. Everything's identical. You use your same holster. You can do all this kind of training and practice in the privacy of your backyard or basement with an air gun. So, gosh, I don't know. From, from what you guys would want to talk about from a survivalist, gosh, there's yes, you can rely on them go for something that's that's got a heritage to it because you, you don't want to be pulling the trigger and hip and that nothing happened from a training perspective same thing you want to go for something that's got uh got some i don't know heritage i, I don't know what it's a better word to use but you want something that's proven reliable for many years already and then you've got all the tools to stay current stay active stay trained and uh actually if you need to put food on the table you can do that too Hey everyone, I wanted to break into this episode to tell you about a new outdoor website called Rerouted. Rerouted is creating a trusted online marketplace to revolutionize the used outdoor gear industry and to allow all people to create their own outdoor adventure. Buying new outdoor gear can be extremely expensive and Rerouted wants to offer a sustainable alternative. Now, preppers are always looking for ways to save money, but you don't want to cut corners when you're buying gear and equipment that you're going to have to depend on. We have all purchased that cheap piece of gear only to find out when you really need to use it, it didn't hold up. So what would happen in a true emergency? Good gear is made to last, so even if it is used, it will last a lot longer than the cheap stuff from China. So that's not all that Rerouted offers. Rerouted also allows you to sell your used gear. So you might have some gear that you have outgrown or gear that is laying around because you have upgraded since you started your preparedness journey. You could always put it on Craigslist or sell it in a garage sale, but you're always going to earn more money when people who know the true value of what you're selling buy it. So this is a great way to earn a little bit of extra money while giving someone a great opportunity to buy some quality gear. So the website is rerouted.co. Again, that's rerouted.co. Go check them out. I'm going to post a link in the episode notes so it'll make it easy on you. Rerouted gear, sustainable future, new adventure. Now back to the podcast. Well, you, I want to go back to something you said about uh, 
you said pounds, right? You're right. Yeah. 200, 400 pounds. When you're, when you're saying something like that, what are you, what are you meaning as far as the pressure that's coming out of, uh, of the barrel? So you're like, talking it, about the, you're talking about, I, I apologize. I just stepped all over you, didn't I? Um, no, no, no. That, that's not, I'm just, you know, like if someone is, they, they were listening to you and they're saying, sure. Hey, you know, Rick said 400 pounds, or I think you said 400, or maybe it was 200. And they're going to go look at, uh, they're going to pull up your website or they're going to pull up a, a website and uh, they're looking at that. What, what are they specifically looking for? You know, when, when you say that. Okay. So here's a, here's a real quick tip for your listeners. Um, when you go to buy an air gun, okay, manufacturers sell air guns based on feet per second. They really shouldn't. And the reason is I can manipulate feet per second simply by changing the weight of the projectile. Okay, so unlike a firearm where if I want a 158 grain slug to go faster, I just put more powder in it. You know, I put, more, I put a few more grains of powder in my cartridge and then I have a hot load. You only have so much air in your air gun. I mean, it, it, there's a limited amount of volume, a limited amount of pressure. When you change the weight of the projectile, your velocity drops, and it can drop significantly. Okay, so when you're looking at uh, buying an air gun or understanding this terminology, the feet per second has a relevance only because it kind of tells you what class it is. But like, is it an ultra magnum or magnum or not or a medium range gun or whatever? But what you want to know is the energy this gun can produce. Again, this video I was shooting for Monday, I shot a 14 three-grain pellet, a 15.8 9-grain pellet, an 18.13, and a 25.4-grain pellet. And all of these pellets shot about 30 foot-pounds, maybe 31. Now, the velocity was all over the place. It went from 750 up to 930 in the velocity. But the energy out the barrel was pretty much the same regardless of the projectile. So if we're looking at energy, it is how hard that projectile is going to hit what you're shooting, okay? And if you're taking 200-pound game, I want a 400-foot-pound gun so that I know when I hit it, pig is really important because they have a really thick shield. And if you don't, if you don't have enough to poke through that shield and blow through the vitals, you don't you don't get the job done, and so with an air gun, when you're hunting, you don't. It's not like a firearm. When a firearm, the bullet hits and kind of explodes. You've got this hydrostatic shock that happens. With an air gun, it's all blood. It's all wound channel. So you are not blowing up in the game. Um, people shoot hollow point slugs in air guns unless it's super soft lead. They don't expand. Now here's the downside: if I'm shooting a pig with that thick shield with super, super soft lead, I may not even make it through the shield. So I need a harder bullet that punches through the shield, goes through the vitals, it comes out the other end and it bleeds out. So you want enough energy so that you have enough left by the time you hit the game that you're going to actually poke through it and do what you want. So when I talk energy, it's the velocity and the mass of the bullet with some calculations that tell you what kind of energy you can expect when you hit the target. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you went, went into that because that's uh, helpful to be able to, uh, to get an idea of uh, a picture. You know, there's going to be yeah. some people that are watching the video. There's going to be other people listening and to, to get a good idea of, of what we're talking about. So uh, that definitely helps out. Okay. 
So in firearms, we know that we need to clean them and all that kind of stuff. Is that something that uh, an air gun needs? Do we need to, you know, get all the stuff to clean an air gun? And, and what, what does that look like? Well, it all depends on who you talk to. Um, I am, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. <laughs> uh, we, as guys, we need to, we need to turn a knob or twist a wrench. We have to do something. It's just in our nature. We got to do it. So with air guns, you need to resist that nature because most of them aren't shooting fast enough that you're really going to lead the barrel. Now, some are, some will, and some guns are different than others. But if you have a quality gun with a precision barrel, once she's shooting accurately, don't stink and touch it. Leave it alone. It's going to be fine. And if it ever stops being accurate, well, check your stock screws first, because that's usually what it is. It's not your scope. Apologize. I don't know why that came in. Check your stock screws first. It's not your scope. It's not, it's not your barrel. It's probably either you on the trigger or it's something else. If you've done all that, then clean your barrel. But all you really need to do with an air gun is take a patch and run a patch through it. If you do that a few times, you've done basically what you need to do. Now, there are some guns that need other parts of them lubricated. Like we sell a gun called the Evan X. Uh, we had, it's the Max Air and it's the Airspeed. That's a semi-auto and it shoots from an open bolt position. So it's a semi-auto high-powered pellet rifle. And because it's slamming all those parts in there, you do need to keep that lubricated but it's not cleaning the barrel. It's all the, the reciprocating parts. You need to keep that lubricated. Some guns like um, CO2 guns, Crossman sells what's called Pelgun oil. You put a drop on the top of your CO2 and it keeps your seals from wearing out. So with air guns, you need to consider your O-rings. You want to keep those lubricated, a little silicone in, in the fill port once in a while is not going to kill you or kill it. Um, and you want to basically only do stuff on the barrel when you see a negative result of what's been going on. So if you see all of a sudden your groups are like, you know, not what they should be, then I would say run a patch through it. But you want to check all this other stuff first. It's probably not your barrel. Now, there are going to be some air gunners that are going to argue with me on that one. But let them shoot several hundred guns over the last decade and a half and then come talk to me. I got you. I got you on that one. And I, you know, that's, um, that's good news, you know, because <laughs> I, I think about the, the sportsmanship of it all. Right. And, and having a little bit of fun, the hobby side of that. I know when we would go out to the country, when we were kids, we'd put the cans up and all the good stuff, you know, and, and shoot. But uh Coming from the perspective of, of preparedness and survival, you're thinking long range and yep. you're thinking, you know, I, I need this thing to last. So where ammo might run out in, and then you have this, you know, you have this, this uh, firearm that you can throw at somebody, you know, I, we, we want something that's going to last a little bit longer. So understanding <laughs> that you don't necessarily uh, need to service it, you know, unless there's something wrong, that's uh, that's really great to know. So, how long could we, and I know that you said, be careful, you know, what, uh, where you buy, you know, you want to get the German, the British, the yeah, yeah. European, how long could one really last when you think about that? Well, I have had, in, I've had a mixed bag. Okay. So there are guns that are, I don't know, name a car 
that has a reputation of why you need two of them because one's always in the shop, right? It keeps your mechanic happy. There are air guns that have that reputation too, okay? They're so over-engineered and so complicated that any little speck of dust that gets in there causes hell and you're, you know, you can't fix it. It's got to go back to somebody. And a preparedness situation, you don't want that, okay? Um, there's a particular gun that I'm actually uh, connected with called SW Air Guns, and it's a 20-gauge shotgun, air gun. Um, and you can hunt quail, dove, turkey, geese with this thing. It's got, it shoots a full ounce and an eighth of shot, and it's a beast. It's not quiet. Uh, it has a recoil, uh, and it's a beastly gun. I absolutely love it. But it's got like four O-rings. <laughs> I mean, it's so simple. It's got, you can take it apart with a screwdriver and an Allen wrench. And it's just, it's so I don't know. It, it is it is so simple in its design. So if you had a, a bag full of O-rings, which costs you a penny uh, per O-ring now, you get a bag full of O-rings, you can keep that gun serviceable forever. Uh, and you don't have, I mean, if you had, if you shoot and capture your lead, you can buy a lead trap where you're shooting into, into the trap all the time. I used to do this and I had an indoor range in my, it went through the boat bay, <laughs> through the garage, into the trap where I used to live in Havasu. And I did a, so much shooting just inside and just trapped everything. And then I melted that down and made big bore cast. So you can get a round ball mold, you had a 45 or a, a point, uh, 495 or a point, uh, 458 or whatever, and make your, make your round ball. And you've got the ability to make your own ammo, just, recycle what you're shooting and then recast it into something else useful. Uh, and now you've got bullets for your air gun. Um, but that type of an air gun, that's very simple stock up on O-rings. Cause that's what wears out are the O-rings. Um, they leak. That's the issue. You want to make sure you keep enough O-rings to prevent that. Uh, but I have guns that I've sat for eight years that hold still hold air to have a touch them still work. So, I mean, they have, there are some guns out there that have a great shelf life. <laughs> That's good. Good to know, man. So those that are interested and those that, that they're ready, they're like, Hey, take, Rick, take my money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do air guns cost? And can you give us, I mean, what kind of range are we looking at? I, I think at one point you said you, you did mention one like $1,600 or whatever. Oh, uh, you can go crazy. Okay. So let, let me, <laughs> You can go to Walmart and you can spend 50 bucks or you can go to a boutique shop and you won't get out of there for less than five grand. Uh, it is like, it, it, look, air guns are a hobby. I don't know if you have hobbies like RC cars or RC airplanes or, or car stereos or whatever your hobby is. Hobbies are never financially good for the person in the hobby, <laughs> right? I mean, because right. paintball was a great one. I, I got my first Titman and I was so much it was so awesome. And then I got a spider. It was awesome. But then there was that barrel. It was a better barrel. And then there was a, a, a little, um, what do they call the daggum things? I forgot it now. The little thing that pre-charges the CO2. I'm going to remember that name in just a minute. I'm going to come back. It's going to come back. But there were all these accessories. And before you know it, this $100 and $200 gun was like $500. Air guns are that on steroids. Okay. It's like lace potato chips. You can't just eat one of them. You're going to have more. All right. So when you, when you sort of decide, I want to do something, 
the best advice I could give somebody is don't buy cheap. You'll regret it. You, you just will. So, and it doesn't have to be like super expensive, but like a quality brake barrel. Let's say you get a good quality brake barrel, maybe 350 bucks. Now, when you're talking firearms, that's not a lot of money. I mean, it can be, I guess, if you're going like a cheap little one-shot Chinese 22 long rifle or something. But, you know, 350 is a good starting point. Now, when you get into PCPs, there are some wonderful, very affordable PCPs. And the, again, the PCP gives you more power, longer range, easier accuracy, all of the things you want. You got to be able to fill them, which is the pain in the butt. Uh, you either hand pump. It looks like a, like a bicycle pump, but it can pump to 4,500 PSI. That's no joke. It's a lot of work. Uh, you got to be kind of a big guy to do it because it's about mass, not strength. Um, or you have to buy a compressor, which will be anywhere from 550 up to $3,100 for the compressor. So depends on how serious you want to be, but it's a hobby. Once you start, and if you like it, uh, just get your checkbook out. Because you're, you're going to start off with that, I can't ever see spending $500. And then you give yourself five years and you're going to be writing a check for $1,250 because you just saw that brand new Air Arms hit the market or you're looking at FX. Or you're, I mean, there are guns now, let's talk about like the insanity that it's gone to. Take the Daystate Red Wolf, for example. That's a $3,000 air gun. But <laughs> it's got a computer in it that measures the pressure you have dialed in how fast you want this projectile to shoot on this shot. And it measures and, and fills the plenum. That's what it was. I knew I was going to remember it. It fills the plenum with the right volume at the right pressure to then send this particular shot at that feet per second. And it has a built-in chronograph at the end of the gun to let you know you actually did it. Wow. That's insane, but they make that gun. Okay, so... It's like everything else. You can start off with just one cock bang, or you can go to the insane level and spend three, $4,000 just for the gun. Then you need a $1,000 scope, and then you need a $3,000 compressor because you're not going to put $500 air in your $3,000 gun. So it can get pretty crazy. Uh, it really can. So give us some models for the, the person who wants to – uh, you know, enter into this this hobby or this uh, firearm, you know, air rifle sure. for survival. Uh, give us give us some models maybe that we could write down and go look at. Okay, so like in a spring gun world, uh, and I a spring gun is the the kind you see the single cock jobs. Okay, um, I like Gamo. Look, they're one of my sponsors. I've worked with them for years. So is Umarex. I'm going to talk about some of their guns, and then there's some other ones I'll, I'll mention as well. But Gamo makes a great first brake barrel. What's cool about that is they've got a magazine now. So before when you have to cock it and shove a pellet in it and shut it and then shoot it and you have to do it all day again, they have a 10-shot ma magazine. You drop that in, and every time you cock it, it puts another pellet in for you. Now, I have killed so much game with that short, little, easy-to-cock, lightweight, so fun to shoot. You're looking at under 200 bucks. That's the scope the gun 22 caliber you're you're set and you will shoot that you will just you'll wear it out um wait, wait, from what, there you, what, was, what was that model uh, it's a gamo swarm maxim is one then they make a magnum which 
I did a couple of videos recently on the Magnum, which is just a more powerful version. Um, you do need to be somewhat of a bodybuilder just to, to cock the dog on thing. It's not for the not for the light, faint at heart. But the Gamma Swarm Magnum, Gamma Swarm Maxim, those are good. The next sort of level up, you get into like the Y Rock guns, and those are four, five, six hundred dollars. Um, the Walther guns. Um, and also RWS, the Diana, that was the word name was before Diana makes a series of guns that are really good. And the prices actually come down on those, which is cool to see. So the Diana 34 is probably, if you want just a traditional break barrel, that's going to last forever. The Diana model 34 is, it's a no brainer. It's 300 bucks. It'll shoot forever. Got the best trigger you'll ever touch at an air gun pretty much. Uh, it can be adjusted down to ounces if that's what you want. A really nice Suse trigger. Um, you go up to like a PCP. And this is where the market has gotten really exciting for me uh, because the when I first started, uh, I got a PCP. The PCP was cheap, but it was the scuba tank and the, the gauges and the fillers. And I was like, goodness, I got $1,600 into just being able to go poo one time. And then I got to tote this tank back to get it filled. That's miserable. Um, but now, like the Umrex Origin I just reviewed, it's 350 bucks. Comes with the pump in the box. And the cool thing about the gun is it's engineered in such a way where it needs about half as many strokes as a, a typical PCP would need to fill it up. So you can actually take your first shot with only 13 strokes on the pump if you need to get going quickly where a typical PCP may, be, may need 50 or 60 strokes to be able to take your first shot. So they've got some cool technology in there that makes it very affordable, powerful, accurate, and so forth, and only 350 bucks. Then it goes up from there. Um, so the Umrex Origin is probably my favorite starter PCP, period. Um, yes, they're a, a sponsor, but I love that gun. And I have competing sponsors with competing products. I still like that gun over all of them. If you're brand new to PCP air guns or brand new to something like that, it's a great option. Uh, you go up into um, uh, Air Force out of Texas here. They make a whole series of guns, everything from precision 10 meter guns all the way up to a 50 cal monster, 800 foot pound beast of a gun. And that's right here in Texas. So Air Force air guns is a great place too. Um, and they're quality manufacturer. I mean, they are a quality gun. And then you have like the sort of every man's gun, which is the Benjamin Marauder. It's been around for a decade plus. It's super good. Um, it's just a nice, solid $500 beautiful gun that is, it, it comes in 25 caliber. So you can push 45 foot pounds, for example. Um, it's just so many things in that sub $1,000 price point today that didn't exist even four or five years ago. Um, so right now is a great time to get into it. Uh, but I'm trying to think if there's one other one uh, for like a massive power, you've got, well, you've got our gun, <laughs> which is the SWA. Uh, I've got it in a pistol and a carbine and our long gun. Long gun can do about 600 foot pounds if you need it to. Um, so, I mean, there's, I don't know. you tell me what you want to what you want to do i could put you into a gun how's that that's that's good no i mean you've given us a lot of uh different uh models and things to to consider um as we're winding down here are there anything else i mean if, if i was a brand new brand new into this 
Is there anything else that you would share with me that something that I need to know as I'm getting into air guns? I think really it's identify your goal. Okay. So identify your need and then get help. Um, So many people have come to me either through my YouTube channel or through my shop having spent money on the wrong thing. And with a phone call or an email, I could very easily steer them into a place where maybe they say, well, I don't want to spend that much. Well, so we're going to spend less that won't do what you want. And they're going to wind up buying something else. You just spend less if you do it right the first time. And I think that is really uh, the advice I would give folks. If you want something that you're really going to rely on, um, you know, that race to the bottom on price point for something you may be, you know, um, trusting into trusting in, trusting in, I don't know that that's that's where I would go. I don't know if you remember the movie um, Armageddon, where they're getting strapped into the space shuttle. He said, "You know, we're we're getting strapped into a machine with a million parts, all built by the lowest bidder." I I don't know that that's where I want to go when I'm thinking about I need to I'm going to need to eat. So let me go spend as little as possible and hope to God it works when I need it. Um, I would say, really identify your need, pick up the phone write an email, get some help, talk to people that do it on a regular basis, and then be willing to go ahead and buy what's right. And then, you know, buy from somebody that's going to stand behind it and give you the support you need after the fact too. And I think that's, that's the best advice I can give somebody. Great. I mean, that's great. Good, good advice there. So there's this crazy big old world. When I was looking into it, I mean, it's like you could go down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. The steerist, steer us into some some good websites, some good online places where we can go and get some good information. Well, there's a couple that I work with regularly. Um, one is going to be uh, Pyramid Air. Uh, it's pyramidair.com. It's spelled funny, uh, but you can look it up or we'll put a link in the description or whatever. They can find it. Um, but pyramidair.com is a great one. Their blog is written by a gentleman by the name of Tom Gaylord. And he's actually the guy that helped me get started in writing and doing the work I do. So um, thank you, Tom. Uh, but he writes a daily blog and that's where I started. Just, just, I don't know, immersing myself in the information that he provided was invaluable. So he's got just I don't know, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of articles uh, that can really be useful and helpful. So Pyramid Air is great. They're also a good place to buy from. Great prices. They have prices I can't touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, so they're really good that way. Um, Airgun Depot is another good company that has, excuse me, they have a different set of products. They're a little bit higher end than, say, Pyramid Air. But um, good articles, good articles because I write a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but they, they, have, they have some good resources there too. Another one like a users group that you'd want to be involved with is gatewaytoairguns.org. That has thousands and thousands of members all over the world that are, they're just, they're old timers that love air guns and love helping people. So if it hasn't been asked and answered, ask it, it'll get answered. So gatewaytoairguns.org is a phenomenally good website for that. And my website is airgunproshop.com. And I, we're the pro shop folks. I mean, we're not going to have the cheapest price. Um, we're, we're going to charge for our service and labor, but you're going to have at the end of the day, something that's going to do what you asked us 
uh, for it to do. Uh, and we're going to stand behind our service and our work to make sure you're happy with it. So that's, I mean, Arrogant Pro Shops, my website and what I do. And my YouTube channel, I've got over a thousand videos there. It's just look up Airgun Web and you'll see, you know, I've, I've reviewed a ton of stuff. Obviously there's some product lines I haven't reviewed, but a lot of the core stuff your folks would be looking at, I've probably put hands on it. So. Awesome. Awesome. And I was going to ask you, you know, how could people connect with you? Um, you mentioned your, your website, you mentioned yep. your YouTube channel. Are there any other places, any ways that people can connect with you? You know, if you Google my name, you're going to find me. Uh, it's real simple <laughs> in multiple different ways. But, uh, you know, Airgun Web, uh, whether it's the website, YouTube, Facebook, or our website, and a website, I have multiple, but if you Google Airgun Web, you're going to find me. And, you know, call me. I pick up the phone and talk to people. Not a big deal. I, I think that's what's helpful, right? Sometimes you're looking into this, you're looking at the different whatever products, and you do yeah. want – Nowadays, it's really funny online, you you get into a service and they only do things online through email. You can't talk to anyone. You're, you're putting a, a ticket, you're doing, you know, that type of thing through email. It drives you nuts. And so yeah. I think it, I think it's a great service to be able to pick up the phone and talk to someone and really get some, some answers. Yeah. No, that's, I enjoy talking to people. I can't, Maybe I can't do it as much as I'd like to because I do got to pay the bills and do work. Um, but, you know, as much as I possibly can, I'll take the time and help people, you know, help point people in the right direction. And it may, a lot of times, probably 50 to 75% of the time, I'm pointing them to another place to buy it because I, what they're looking for is not really something that I would stock or they're not going to get the best deal for me. I'm happy for them to get the best deal because, uh, you know, when they're ready for the next thing or they're looking for that commercial fill system or whatever, uh, which we sell, then they'll know where to go and they'll have some confidence that I'm not just trying to earn a buck off of them. I mean, I am, but not, I mean, in, a, in the best way possible. Right. So yeah, we, we got, we have to pay the bills, right? We have Absolutely. to pay, pay that. Like you said, definitely. Well, Rick, this has been very uh, eye-opening, uh, instructional, educational, Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to share your knowledge of air guns and allow us to get another perspective of the possibilities out there when we're talking about, um, you know, an SHTF event, long-term survival, being sure. prepared. Thanks so much. Thank you. God bless. Well, Rick, thanks so much again for coming on to the podcast and sharing your expertise in air guns. And I know a lot of people out there are going to uh, start thinking about how they can use this and maybe even start putting it into their preparedness plans. Listen, guys, after the interview, Rick sent me a lot of links that would be very valuable to you. Of course, there's the link to his YouTube channel. You can go check it out. He provides a lot of insight over there. Um, I have a link to his storefront uh, that you can go and you can go check out his website. And then he also provided a lot of other links as well. Where if you if you're wanting to get more information about air guns and um, the you know ask some questions and things like that, there's definitely some some uh, great links in here for you if you're interested. So uh, check out the show notes and uh, go visit Rick's YouTube channel. Uh, he does a great job of just producing content over there. So once again, thanks, Rick. 
Well, everyone, that is it for episode 686. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.